0: It's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network.
1: I've been everywhere,
2: man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, bear man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been
0: everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Email the program at info at rudymaxa.com or follow us on Facebook at Rudy Max's World. And now, America's number one travel radio show, Rudy Max's
3: World. Welcome to Hour 2 of today's special New Year's broadcast. We wish each of you listening today a very happy, healthy, and prosperous 2016. This is Rudy Max's World with Robert and Mary Carey, and today we're sharing some of the top moments Rudy, Mary, and I have experienced on the show in 2015.
4: Yes, and before we get to that, um, we have a couple of little tidbits here. This was interesting. New Year's is over, but the trend of top five cities that were trending for flight searches, according to Kayak.com, I thought was very interesting to see who made that top five list. Trouncing all competition was Dubai and the United Arab Emirates, which saw an amazing 70% spike in flight searches compared to last year. Cartagena, Colombia was number two. Barcelona, Spain, number three. Again, these were flight search for destinations for New Year's. Reykjavik, Iceland, one of our favorite cities, was four. And Tokyo, Japan came in fifth.
3: Yeah, Barcelona I like, too. Barcelona yeah. and so Tokyo. Interesting choices uh, for the We hope to get five. there later this year. Um, that's interesting. All right.
4: And then we have, let's see, maybe a couple I'll share these, of interesting ways to ring in the new year across the world. Japan celebrates the New Year by literally ringing bells 108 times, to be exact. This goes back to an old Buddhist tradition and is thought to produce cleanliness and purging.
3: 108 times 108, the bell ring.
4: exactly 108. I think after 25, I have a in headache. In Spain, you have to—they try to fit 12 grapes in their mouth at the same time, one to represent each chime on the clock. That's one of those quirky, unusual. I don't know Do you think it could grapes. fit 12 grapes? I don't know. No, I uh, think I'd go one at a time, could, but, but I'm sure know. they'd love to try. Yeah. And then this is interesting. In Finland, people celebrate the new year by dumping molten tin into water and looking at the shapes that occur after doing that. If you see something that looks like a ship, it's supposed to mean that you may have travel in your future for the year. If you see something that looks like a heart, it could be love, romance, a wedding is in your future. <laughs> These are all very interesting. And then um, this is a tribute to somebody in our office who is Estonian. Estonian traditionally eat seven times on New Year's Day in order to represent a year filled with abundance and prosperity. So do they
3: not eat for the next seven so, days? Or no, is they it?
4: just eat seven times on New Year's Day, one day for each, symbolizing each day of the week. I'm going to have to talk to Heli about that. I don't think it's hard that. to eat seven times a day during but, the holiday when, when week When we're anyway, back but. Monday, I'll have to talk yeah. to her
3: about that. Okay, <laughs> but I'll have to find that out. Okay. Um, that's in her area, too. Do you have anything else there?
4: Uh, let's see. Otherwise, I'm going
3: to take you back to Alaska.
4: Oh, no, you can take me back to Alaska, although... I do have one more. Stonehaven, Scotland. They walk through the streets on New Year's Eve, swinging giant fireballs above their heads. Do you know why? Uh, I hope that the buildings are. fireballs. You know, New Year's um, (laughs) has a lot of old symbolic, trying to purge and get rid of bad spirits. The fireballs are said to represent the sun and are thought to purify the year.
3: Well, I hope I live in a stone building if that's the case. (laughs) Okay, keep away. All right, let's go
4: to Alaska. All right.
3: So back in July, Mary and I, we broadcast this program from Alaska. It's it's such a beautiful state. If you have not been there, we certainly would encourage you going. We. experienced so much while there. Uh, but today we're going to take you on a cruise of Prince William Sound and its 26 glaciers with Captain Cody Hanna.
4: Um, We are here on the Prince William Sound, 140-mile, 26 Glacier Cruise. Captain Cody, tell us what makes this cruise so special, and what makes these glaciers so different from some glaciers that people might see in other parts of the world? Yes, I believe
5: the difference in the glaciers here would be the tidewater glaciers, and these are the glaciers that are coming down all the way into the water. So you can go to the Alps, things like that, and you can see glaciers up high in the mountains. Unless you're mountain climber you're just gonna have a different view. Here we're able to get about 1,100 feet away right in the face of a tidewater glacier and watch it actually being pulled down by gravity and breaking apart, crashing and falling into the sea from about 1,100 feet away. Yeah,
4: we had an opportunity to see that a little earlier and we've got some pretty happy passengers on this cruise. What an amazing experience that was.
5: Yeah, we had a pretty unique day. Uh, We got to see some pretty amazing calvings and uh, I mean, it's hard to get a perspective on scale out here because everything is so large and that glacier we stopped at uh, the one that did the best calving about three quarters of a mile wide across the face, you know, eight miles in length, about 300 feet tall at the face, and one of those pieces fell from the top to the bottom. That's over 300 feet tall, probably 100 feet wide.
3: There are three types of glaciers that are here in the Chuga National Forest, correct? Correct. So we've got the tidewater, but the other two that are here are what?
5: It'd be a valley glacier, so it's a glacier that's going to come down and then into a valley, mm-hmm. and that's where it's going to end, but it's not going to touch the tidewater. And then you've got hanging glaciers They don't really come down into a valley, they're just sitting kind of on top of the mountain.
3: Yeah, they're going to be up high, and you'll see them literally co- coming off the side of, of the glacier, and t- right. off the mountain, if you will, hanging over.
5: And there's usually a s- kind of a stopping point, a cliff that maybe that ice is going to fall off of. And uh, and there is also one more glacier we'll see. I think today's clear enough we're going to get a good view of it is a Cirque Glacier. So it's going to sit in basically this big bowl so this is shape. So fourth. Okay. Yeah, yeah So that'll be All right, be so you're,
3: you're up from Louisiana. What's the experience to you that, as our listeners across the country are hearing this, that they need to come up? and experience Prince William Sound and all that Alaska has to offer?
5: Well in Louisiana I was basically raised on boats on the Mississippi River and different bayous there so I always loved being on the water and then I always had a natural draw to the mountains and this is one of the few places you're getting it right by each other so we're starting out in Prince William Sound and then looking up on the Chugach mountain range the tallest coastal mountain range in the world you're going from sea level right here to one of the tallest mountains we saw today about 9600 feet Mount Gilbert not too far away and to me that's just a very special environment when you can have both uh, right by each other.
4: I think another nice feature is you have a forest ranger on board, mm-hmm. uh, helping to educate and talk to us about what we're seeing. And I don't know if it was the forest ranger, Mary, or you, that said that the glaciers are guaranteed, but the wildlife is another very important part of this cruise. And we've certainly been very lucky today with bald eagles and sea otters. And what are some other marine... Yeah, we've been,
5: we've been fortunate. We saw doll's porpoise today. Mm-hmm. And we also saw a humpback whale. Yeah. And we yeah. saw... Uh, Harbor seals hauled out on the ice, just sitting on a floating (laughs) piece of ice.
3: But I think there there are over 1,600 types of wildlife that are up here uh, in Prince William Sound.
5: Yeah, I don't know the exact number. There's a lot, (laughs) and we get to see quite a bit, and especially if you're a uh, birder. I mean, there's just I'm trying to learn all the species, but there's so much I still haven't learned.
3: The water itself looks so pristine. Some of the areas that you took us into, you can see that glacier silt, uh, which is just glistening and and beautiful to look at.
5: Oh, I love the water up here. People are going to be surprised at how deep the water is. Uh,
3: that surprised us, it, it, I have to it, tell you, because is. we were told, what, in some areas that we're talking 2,000 feet deep?
5: Yeah, I think 2,300 feet is the deepest part of the Sound, and the average probably right over 1,000 feet. So very, very deep, all carved out by glaciers. You can look around the mountains here and see the peaks that have been rounded off. That's the ones the glaciers went higher than. Then if you see a sharp peak, that's the where it was stopped below, so they can get a really good estimate of how high the ice was in here in times past.
3: You know, we really enjoyed Alaska, and we're still talking about that around our house. We did. So coming up this hour, uh, next, Rick Steves checks in with Rudy as they discuss European travel. At the bottom of the hour, Mary and I will take you aboard a B-25 bomber that led the Doolittle Raid uh, on Tokyo in World War II. That was a lot of fun flying that, uh, certainly. Rudy's going to learn how helmets are being made from the Portland airport carpet. I'm not kidding you. And towards the end of the hour, Mary and I, we will explore nude cruising, <laughs> and I'm also not Again,
4: you you can't Uh, even say it without uh, laughing. Well, there's
3: something for everyone out there. Exactly right. So just stay right where you are. It's great to have you in the house this holiday weekend, and every weekend for that matter. We hope to always have you here. We're back with Rudy and Rick Steves starting in three minutes.
0: Connect with America's number one travel radio show by calling 800-387-8025. Or follow the program at RudyMaxa.com. We'll be right back.
4: Are you looking for a special holiday gift or do you enjoy eating the best of the best? WeBeMeat.com has been serving quality meats and seafood to the finest restaurants across the country for years. Now available online, this family-owned business offers the highest quality fresh meats and seafood delivered right to your door. Make someone's holiday extra special or treat yourself to the freshest meat and seafood available online. Visit weebymeat.com and use promo code Rudy to save 20%. That's weebymeat.com or RudyMaxa.com under sponsors.
3: Savvy travelers know that there are river cruises, and then there are river cruises aboard the award-winning Emerald Waterways. You've heard Rudy, Mary, and me talking about Emerald for some time now. They offer excellent value and amenities not found with the competition. Their ships have onboard pools and cinemas, an innovative open-air system in all cabins on the Vista and Horizon decks, all gratuities, shore excursions, Wi-Fi, beer and wine, port charges. They're all included. Order your free brochure today at emeraldwaterways.com or rudymaxa.com under
6: sponsor. When you book your next trip with Orbits, you can get Orbits rewards and then use your rewards instantly. Get it, use it. Now to remember this, we wrote you a dramatic poem: Get it, use it. 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 it, use it. Book your trip with Orbits. Get Orbits rewards and use them instantly. Only on Orbits. Orbits rewards. Instant vacation gratification. Learn more today by visiting orbits.com/rewards.
4: Like to look your best when you travel? Hate the flimsy Ziploc bags that TSA requires? Well, the innovative Lolly Zip kit solves all of that for you. Lolly Zip is designed to easily pack your own personal care products efficiently with no leakage or mess. Lolly Zip kits are quart size, come with wide mouth silicone squeeze bottles, multiple half ounce jars, a nifty spray bottle, small funnel, and a handy spatula. Lolly Zip makes a great holiday gift, and you'll save twenty percent with promo code Rudy when you go to lollyzip.com or RudyMaxa.com under sponsors.
3: We hope you're enjoying a safe and fun New Year's weekend. This is Robert Carey, and what follows is an encore presentation.
0: That's 800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at rudymaxa.com. Welcome back to
6: Rudy Max's World. It's 18 minutes after the hour. Welcome back to Rudy Max's World. Nice to have you here. And this segment's brought to you by Tricom. Whether you travel or not, do you experience dead, dry skin? Well, between cold weather and dry cabin air on planes, that's a recipe for dry, uncomfortable skin. Tricolm works to soothe those skin irritations. In fact, a recent clinical study showed Tricolm is five times more effective at reducing itch than 1% hydrocortisone. And it's backed by an itch-free guarantee. If it doesn't work, simply mail the tube back for a refund. If you've got dry, irritated winter skin, pick up some Tricolm. Easy to travel with, comes in a two-ounce tube, perfect for your carry-on. You'll find Tricolm in the white and blue box in the anti-itch aisle at Walgreens, Walmart, and CVS pharmacies. I'm delighted to have Rick Steves on the show. You probably know his name because he's got more than 100 shows on public television on great destinations, primarily in Europe. Um, Europe Through the Back Door is, uh, well, Rick Steves' Europe is the name of the shows. But he's got a, a series of books. But more importantly, he's got a new book out in his uh, backdoor series uh, of books. It's called Rick Steves' Europe Through the Back Door, 2015 version of his Travel Skills Handbook. This is a, what should I say, a PhD course if you would like to travel. It is jam-packed, and I, have, uh, I have, have the book in front of me, jam-packed on tips particularly on, uh, that focus on particular countries in Europe, as well as general travel advice, and that's what I wanted to talk to him about today. Rick, nice to have you on the show.
7: Thanks, Rudy. Nice being with you.
6: All right. You, I know you uh, are very. You speak a lot about travel, um, you write a lot about it, and you have condensed, uh, I know in this book, a number of tips that are just gen- general good advice for the new realities of traveling to Europe, which, by the way, as you and I both know, is sort of on sale because the euro has fallen so far this yeah, year. Yeah,
7: that's kind of nice news, isn't it?
6: It is. Let's run through a few. What if, if I had never okay. been to Europe and I just met you at a party, I'd say, Rick, I don't know, what do I, what do I need to think about?
7: Well, first of all, you need to enjoy the planning stage of your trip. Uh, Think of it as an extension of the trip itself. Get sort of in the mood for your trip. Go to, you know, choose your movies and your recreational reading with your trip in mind. Spend some time uh, thinking about a smart itinerary. I think it's been 10 years since I flew in and out of the same city. It just makes sense to fly into one city and out of another city, so you don't have to spend the time and money going back to your starting point. Uh, and then once you get over there, uh, you, you want to know what you can do in advance to avoid lines. There's more lines than ever in Europe these days because everybody wants to go to the same places. That's kind of one of the downsides of all this TripAdvisor kind of crowdsourcing is, oh, everybody's going here, so everybody goes there. Uh, mm-hmm. Consequently, you have a lot of people waiting in a lot of lines. And my sense is that there's two IQs of travelers in Europe, those who wait in lines and those who don't wait in lines. If you're sitting in a line or standing in a line, you are messing up. There's a way around it, and that involves uh, uh, thinking in advance, and, and that's one thing I tackle in my guidebooks very carefully is how to get around
6: all those lines. I might add, I, I think what city you fly into might make a difference, and it's little things sometimes. I remember learning once uh, to rent a car in Italy is incredibly expensive because the insurance can be as high as a daily rental, and you mm-hmm. have to buy insurance in Italy. You have no choice. Your credit card's not going to cover it, but somebody once said, yeah, fly into Geneva. You're only about an hour and a half from Genoa right you can fl- you can drive right into Italy and the it is covered by the insurance you have in Geneva which is much cheaper than Italy
7: and a lot so, of Americans forget that uh, you know there's really no border um, complications and the Europe is laced by super freeways and you can get from Geneva to Milano just in a flash just getting on the freeway so uh, you're right you can connect you can correct those little uh, in, in, in inconveniences just by getting on the freeway
6: how do you find restaurants that are not tourist traps, to use a cliche.
7: Mm. Well, I'm just working on my travel schedule now. I'm going to be spending four months in Europe, as I do every year, and I'll spend almost every one of those nights running around looking at restaurants for my various guidebooks, because okay. now we have covered all of Europe, and the big part is choosing a good restaurant. And, and what I look for, Rudy, is a place that's in a low-rent location. I don't want to sit on the main square in a restaurant that's paying the highest rent in town with a big campaign to snare tourists. I want a little, almost a hole-in-the-wall place on a, in a characteristic street a few blocks off of the famous square that has a handwritten, small, one-language menu on the door. If it's yeah. handwritten, that means it's changing uh, depending on what's in the market that's fresh. If it's uh, a small menu, they're not cooking up all sorts of things that are out of season just to keep the tourists happy, but they're serving what is right and what they can cook up and sell uh, economically and profitably. And if it's in one language, it's uh, targeting locals instead of tourists. Of course, tourists are more than welcome, but you want a place that uh, conv- has a convivial atmosphere and doing a good, thriving business that's packed out with locals with that kind of a menu on the door, and you can bet then it's, it's going to be a good restaurant. It's one of my favorite things in, in my work is to go check out all those restaurants, and I've learned that uh, – pretty much you can look at a place and see who's eating there and what are they serving. A big problem with a lot of tourists is we're hell-bent on having French onion soup when we go to Paris, you know. Well, that's (laughs) you don't serve that in the summer unless you're serving it to a tourist. Uh, You know, fondue is another thing that only a tourist would eat in Switzerland in the summer. I think it's really important to, you know, if the white asparagus are on the special for for the day, uh, go for the white asparagus. It's not on the push list. It's what's the tastiest in the market this morning. If Mm the porcini mushrooms are on the on the daily special the portrini mushrooms are in in season if, if it's all about mussels and oysters uh you know go for that but i think a real trick is to eat with the season and eat with the locals and another interesting point is you can look at a restaurant at seven o'clock and it looks like a touristy place come back at nine thirty, and it looks like a local favorite uh, there's two different sort of clientele and the tourists eat early and the locals tend to eat later.
6: Do you find that travelers, you have something you call keep it simple, stupid, which can apply to a lot of things in life, but Mm -hmm. um, it it makes me think of travelers who try to pack too much in, who feel they have Mm -hmm. to touch every single monument or cliched place in a city. Do you might people trying to do that on the first or second travel. Oh,
7: it's just uh, it's just uh, human nature is to try to do too much in a given amount of time, especially for us Americans. I think we have the shortest vacations in the rich world, and we've you know we have to fly a long way to get there, so we want to just see everything. I think it's been very important to plan your trip and, and run your sightseeing days, assuming you'll return. Don't don't try to exhaust a place of everything it has to offer. I am thankful that I've got a lifetime of things yet to do in a place like Rome or or or, or uh, Paris or Rome. I know when we're uh, Doing our itineraries for our tours, we take a lot of bus tours around Europe, and it's easier to sell a tour if you promise everything in a given amount of time. But we're very careful to not be frantic and ADD about it, and to uh, you know make sure that we're not trying to pack in too much into a day. Also, when you're planning your itinerary, you don't want to have redundancy. That's one really wasteful way of spending your precious vacation time. If you're what do you in mean? Britain, well, if you're in Britain for less than a month. Don't go to Oxford and Cambridge. It's two versions of the same thing. Choose one or no. the other <laughs> of the great university towns, and then save time for a hike up in the Cumbrian Lake District, or or to you know uh, uh, explore the south of Wales, or visit the castles up in the north of Wales. You want to have diversity in your itinerary, so you know um, that's one thing I like to do in my guidebooks is to tell people flat out: if you've got less than a month in England, don't do Oxford and Cambridge. Do one or the other, and Cambridge is better than Oxford from a sightseer's point of view. So you know now we're we're given some practical information that people can put together a smart itinerary with.
6: And I would would add to that, particularly if you're traveling with young children, don't try to pack too much in. You'll have a much better time if you just pace it and stretch it out.
7: Yeah, in fact, there's a chapter in, in the new edition of Europe through the back door that we're talking about today that is uh, sharing the, the tips, you know, we've learned from decades of traveling with kids, and uh, we took our kids to Europe every year for, for their entire uh, childhoods, and, and uh, you learn a lot from experience, and I, I just really believe that's kind of the philosophy of Europe through the back door is we, we're all in the same traveler school of hard knocks, and it's okay to compare notes, you know, it's uh, why learn from your own mistakes when you can learn from somebody else's, so every time I get ripped off over there, I celebrate because they don't know who they just ripped off. I'm going to pack that scam and that lesson into my book so people will be heads up about that and uh, they can learn from my mistakes rather than their own and travel smoother.
6: I'm talking with Rick Steves. He's a travel journalist, uh, author, and uh, certainly you probably know his shows from public television um, called uh, Rick Steves Europe. His new edition of Rick Steves Europe Through the Back Door, a travel skills handbook, we might call the subtitle, for 2015, just came out. And it is a this thick volume, but it is very, very, I mean, you could read it in short bites, and if you're going to particular countries, you will find uh, specific recommendations from Rick in it. It's not really a guidebook, it's, it's, it's a handbook on how to travel smart and some basic precepts, as well as particular advice for destinations. How how much do you find the internet of use to you when you're on the road, Rick? Or do you use most of it? Do you look before you go?
7: You know, I I probably don't use it as much as a lot of people would use it. I, I use it to supplement the information. If I'm I, I like to be online in order to uh, you know uh, uh, s- scout out options. That, you know, if you wondered what's the train connection or what are my various hikes that I might want to take. Uh, you can get online to find out what's the, what's the weather like before you go to the top of the mountain. Sure. You can sure. – a, uh, a lot of tourists don't know that, you know, in, in Germany, for instance, every restaurant shuts one day of the week, and it's not going to be Sunday. It's their tag, their quiet day. And, you know, it's a real shame to walk across town and, and realize there's a one in seven chance that you're going to hit it wrong. So, you know, I like Thank- to use the Internet to confirm things, just to head off mistakes. Um, so, But I find that a lot of people are buried in their screens too much, and uh, I, don't need to follow a, I don't need to follow a GPS map to get around town. I, I just get myself oriented, and, and I just love to be there in, in, a, in a timeless kind of way. I, I was recently filming in Venice, and we were trying to find romantic people on gondolas, and all the couples on the gondolas were taking selfies and putting things on Facebook and, 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 and Googling things. And I thought, where's the romance here?
6: <laughs> That's what you'll find in the book. The book is Europe Through the Back Door, Rick Steves' 2015 edition. Pick it up anywhere ricksteves.com Rick, thanks for stopping by. All right, Rudy, happy travels.
0: Join Rudy Max's World by calling 800-387-8025.
8: Access the show anytime at rudymaxa.com. We're coming right back. If you've got aches, pains and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to what Georgia has to say about Relief Factor.
4: Over the years, I've had several injuries. I have had lots of pain, and it's been hard for me to exercise. Now I'm much more active, so I'm losing weight, and I feel better. I would recommend it to anyone.
8: For more information about Relief Factor and the two-week quick start for just $19.95, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com.
4: Are you looking for some inspiration to help you get delicious dinners on the table every night, especially during this busy holiday season? Well, consider emails.com. For just a few dollars a month, emails.com will deliver delicious recipes with a corresponding grocery list right to your inbox or a free phone app. Take the stress out of planning, shopping, and cooking, especially during this busy time of the year right now you can get emails.com for free for two weeks go to emails.com to get your free trial or rudymax.com under sponsors you're enjoying a safe and fun New Year's weekend. This is Mary Carey and what follows is an encore presentation.
0: The phone lines are always open at 800-387-8025 and stay connected with the program at RudyMaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's world.
3: Welcome back. It's 33 past the hour. This is Rudy Max's World with Robert and Mary Carey. Thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. So, as Rudy shared before the break, Mary and I today were at the New York Air Show, being held this weekend at Stewart International Airport in Newburgh, New York, which is about 75 minutes north of Manhattan.
4: This segment of the show is sponsored by Emails.com. You've heard us talking about this service for a month or so now, and we're enjoying the service because you'll save time and money when you let Emails.com do the heavy lifting by planning your meals and organizing organizing your grocery list. Stop searching for recipes, writing lists or wandering the grocery aisles trying to figure out what's for dinner. Each week you'll receive delicious new recipes with a matching grocery list right in your inbox or through their free app. And right now as a listener of this show, you can get 2 weeks free by going to emails.com. That's e m e a l s.com or RudyMax.com under sponsors. We're standing here at the New York Air Show on the tarmac, uh, looking at an Harrier jets, and F-18, and we are looking back at that. I B- still can't believe what we just I can't did. Either. The B-25 <laughs> World War II bomber that we just climbed out of after our 30-minute amazing ride. Uh, it
3: was unbelievable. Panchito, most of you are gonna know the B-25 is part of the Doolittle raid that took out Tokyo. Tokyo, right? There are over hundred planes here today. We're looking at the L thirty-nine. I mean it's a great experience we're having.
4: Truly wonderful experience.
3: Absolutely. So Mary and I thought we would introduce you to our pilot and also flight crew member, and Mary, you and Angela got along real well.
4: We did, because Angela was afraid to fly for years. I loved her attitude, cognitive behavioral and therapy, we gotta, we gotta see she what we... learned how to fly.
3: All right, we've just landed. We are standing here on the tarmac at the New York Air Show. Larry Kelly, our pilot, is joining us, and Angela Leedy, who's part of our flight team today. Larry, give us an idea of the B-25. People around the country, they're going to know this plane. Give us why you love this plane and why you enjoy taking it around to air shows around the country?
1: Well, I've been flying old military airplanes for most of my adult life. And back in, uh, never will forget, 1992, I was at Oshkosh, the world's largest aviation event, and there were 16 B-25s who had just done a uh, recreation of the Doolittle Raid that was landing, and they were landing over top of me. And right then, I decided one day I'm going to own one of those, because what what a great airplane, what a majestic airplane, and what a true icon of our military history this airplane is. And five years later, I bought the airplane that was leading that flight that day. That's Panchito. To me, it's Owning this airplane is it's owning an icon of our military history. This represents so much. Absolutely. People say, isn't it cool to fly? Yeah, it's cool to fly. But the you reaction know, you get from people as you take it around the country is just that. But it's continuing to tell the story. Right. You know, every airman that went in the air during World War II was a volunteer. Not one man was ordered into the air, okay? Not one woman was ordered in the air. The WASP pilots that flew, you know, the airplanes in World War II. Some of them in combat situations. But in the summer 1943... Flying out of England, for instance, an airman who were volunteering, standing in line to volunteer, their chance of surviving 25 missions are less than their chance of winning a coin toss. We had to still line up and go because mission before self. It was true then of the military. It's true today of the American military.
4: Larry, you gave us a story before that we really enjoyed. We had a whole crowd of people listening about those twin brothers. Can you oh, Bill and Bob Miller, us, yeah, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that again? Yeah,
1: so, yeah that was great. Panchito was one. Uh, Panchito served with a 396 Bomb Squadron, 41st Bomb Group in Okinawa during the summer of 1945. And one of the distinctions was that uh, there was only five aircraft in World War II where you had twin brothers serving together. See, the, the Navy wouldn't let brothers serve together after right. the five, Juneau, the five Sullivan brothers died on the on the Juno. It was sank. but the Army Air Corps, the Army Air Force, has had a regulation that stated twins. Key phrase: twins. If militarily feasible, to so let everybody know that you can hear, there's an F-18 that's flying around right now. Sorry about that, Larry. Go ahead and continue. The the Air Corps had a regulation that allowed. Twins, if militarily feasible, were to be assigned together and not separated. Only
4: twins, twins. Not, not siblings. Key phrase, Key phrase. twins. Okay.
1: Bill and Bob Miller carried that regulation printed with them. They did all their training together. They were assigned together, and they flew all but one of their combat missions in Okinawa together in the same airplane, Panchito, piloted by Don Seiler, who was the senior combat pilot in 396 Bomb Squadron, the old man of the outfit. The guy with the most combat experience, the guy that the new replacement, Pilots had to fly with once before they could be released to fly combat missions. He's 22 years old and the senior guy.
3: And the senior guy. We love that story. Thank you for sharing. And there's another plane. So we're going to talk fast between the planes here today after the air show. Angela, I have to ask you a question. People listening to the show probably know Mary is not a big fan of flying, and here we do a travel show across the country. This year has been an interesting one for her. What I loved when you gave me your card earlier is you've got a picture of a plane on there. Tell us your story. You were afraid of flying, and how did you overcome that?
5: Um, I I absolutely was afraid of flying. I was so grateful to meet Mary. Angela, (laughs) you're probably the only reason I got on this plane today. Um, I have to say... It say was, it was a joy because I love to help others, especially females, right. with that fear. Yeah. When I um, had a fear of flying, I didn't know what to do. I had a, a close friend who was a pilot, GA pilot, and would take me around the pattern and it's a very different feeling than it is commercial yeah. because you're with the pilot and you understand, you know, okay, I'll take you down. You get into that and
4: then he kind of says, uh, well, why don't you learn to fly? And I'm saying, I could do that? And, you know, I, I had no idea. So I did. Really, it's it's just understanding flight. There was something about this flight today. Mm-hmm. and Yes, I think it's being closer to the pilot, meeting the pilot, having that conversation having somebody talk you through the flight safety mm-hmm. directly to you it felt very secure solid and safe it is a very secure well solid made and safe airplane so for anybody mm-hmm. coming out here um i had a fantastic flight we good, both did good. i was very grateful yeah, to help you through this
3: larry kelly thank you so much for the flight today angela Leedy, thanks for joining us on rudy max's world all right i gotta wrap fast because there's a harrier jet that's now going to be taking off so up next Science from Cornell University's Dr. Thomas Gilovich has confirmed it's okay to spend all your money on travel. Yeah, okay. I can't wait to hear this, and we all will, as he joins Rudy in three minutes.
0: Join Rudy Maxa's world by calling 800-387-8025. Access the
3: show anytime at RudyMaxa.com. We're coming right back. The holidays are here, and MyPillow.com is intent on making things merry. Listen to this. Now through the end of the year, buy four MyPillows for the price of one. You'll get two classic MyPillows and two go-anywhere MyPillows for the price of just one MyPillow. They're also extending their normal 60-day money-back guarantee through March 1st. Made in America, each MyPillow can be washed and dried and comes with a 10 10-year warranty not to go flat. Just visit MyPillow.com, select radio specials, and enter promo code Rudy. That's MyPillow.com or RudyMaxa.com, promo code Rudy. Ah, fresh powder. I'll get the skis. Ugh, I can't.
7: Winter nasal congestion. Is it A, cold, B, sinus pressure, C, allergies? I'm not sure. For all of the above, the answer is D, Allegra D, a maximum strength decongestant, plus a powerful non-drowsy antihistamine for 24 hours of relief. Feel better?
4: (sighs) Yep, feel like racing. (laughs)
7: This winter, the answer is Allegra D. Look for Allegra D at the pharmacy counter. Use as
1: directed. GEICO presents Kathy, the Candid Realtor. Through this door, you've
2: got your guest bathroom, and
4: the mosaic tile you see on the floor is original to the house. It's in such great shape, your friend's foot will slip right off it when he gets out of the shower and land him in a sling for six weeks. It's hard to know
8: all that comes with renting
3: a home or apartment. That's why the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting covered for accidents... And personal property loss, quick and easy. Visit Geico.com and see how affordable renter's insurance
8: can be. This announcement is for every man tired of waking up multiple times a night to use the bathroom. By calling now, preferred customers can get a free bottle of GoFlow Prostate with ingredients shown to help reduce those annoying nighttime bathroom visits. The GoFlow Prostate Challenge is available by responding to this advertisement. If lines are busy, try again. Because the GoFlow free bottle challenge is exclusive, it's not available in drugstores. GoFlow Prostate was formulated by Dr. Mitchell Fleischer with ingredients clinically studied to support an aging prostate. GoFlow helps to increase flow when you go and helps to stop it when you sleep. We challenge you to try your first bottle of GoFlow absolutely free and guarantee you'll be amazed by the results. Just pay shipping and processing. Call 1 800 667 5348. That's 1 800 667 5348. This is a limited-time offer. One free bottle per household. Call now. Call 1-800-667-5348. That's 1-800-667-5348.
3: Christmas and the holidays with Chord Buddy and Chord Buddy Jr. are perfect. Do you love music? Want to learn to play the guitar or know someone who does? Get the system voted number one. If you can press a button, you're on your way. Chord Buddy will literally have you or your family or friends playing music the very first day. As you improve, simply remove the cord-making buttons like training wheels on a bicycle. It's so easy. And for the kids, there's the popular Cord Buddy Junior. To buy a Cord Buddy as a holiday gift or learn more, visit CordBuddy.com or RudyMaxa.com under sponsors. Wow. Happy New Year from all of us on the show. This is Robert Carey, and what follows is an Encore presentation. Call anytime,
0: 800-387-8025, or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Once again, you're in Rudy Maxa's world.
6: Ten minutes ago, we were talking with the architect who, along with a colleague, laid down 27 years ago. That well, he didn't actually lay it down, but he designed the carpet that uh, is being taken up at Phoenix. Excuse me, Portland, Oregon's uh, airport, and uh, the design, which features a blue and green background with a the layout of the runway system at uh, at the airport, has become a a local icon. It's become a national fixation with folks who don't want to see it go and it's being memorialized in all kinds of ways. Tattoos on people's body, uh, a a local beer named after it. Danielle Baskin is an artist who is CEO and founder and painter for Bell Helmets, and we're talking about helmets that you wear. And uh, Danielle, welcome to the show. I understand you have found a way to incorporate the carpet into your helmet business.
2: Yeah, um, I originally designed uh, the the Portland Airport carpet back in 2013, uh, before I even knew it was going to disappear. Um, so, yeah, kind of funny. I've been selling so many of them now, but I just thought it would be um, a design that I'd have for a long time.
6: So, you're saying that before now, before the brouhaha that began with the uh, planned replacement of the carpet, that, that a couple of years ago, people, locals, you live in Portland, obviously.
2: No, um, I actually don't live in Portland. Where do you live? I live in New York.
6: Well, how did you come to uh, <laughs> back been up to a little?
2: Portland, I've been to Portland a few You've times. Been,
6: well, so I've been to a lot of airports. It never occurred to me to put a design on a helmet. What um, back up a little here?
2: Yeah, so I uh, I look out for iconic designs all the time. And actually, uh, had taken some pictures of the of the airport carpet uh, back in 2010 on my first business trip there. Um, I didn't think about putting it on a helmet. and Till 2013 but um i have other iconic designs that i put on helmets so this is kind of perfect
6: but wait a minute you're going walking through an airport and you take a picture <laughs> of the carpet is this because you already knew it was beloved by portland residents or just caught no, your eye
2: because i loved it too wow it's not just a, i think it just has a, has power
6: <sighs> that's amazing so when you put it on hel- what are we talking about here bicycle helmets motorcycle yeah
2: but it's, it's a uh, it could work on a motorcycle helmet or ski helmet but mostly i do it on bicycle helmets
6: did you have to get permission of anybody to copy the design?
2: Uh, not that I know of. I guess I could uh, ask ask John.
6: Well, you know, the architect <laughs> I talked to about ten minutes ago on air said the company that manufactured it is out of business. If that helps oh, you, oh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, well, I, I guess they designed I didn't look it. But he up sounds
2: the copyright on it.
6: Well, the, if, you can listen to the podcast if you didn't catch the first part of the show of the architect. I mean, he actually designed it, he and a colleague, but uh, yeah. he sounds like a really nice guy. So I don't think he's going to I think he's delighted you have it on your helmets. Um, OK, so you're walking around in 2010 and the the carpet on the floor in the airport caught your eye and you take a picture of it in totally. 2013. It's
2: a, yeah, it's a very unique carpet. It's different. So the, the colors. I knew that. Yeah, the colors are brighter than other airports. It has a very um, simple geometric pattern, which isn't that common. Um, and it was just so striking. And so, yeah, I took a picture of it.
6: By the way, I have posted that uh, a picture of it at, on my Facebook fan page. Uh, if you go to Facebook and look for Rudy Max at Travel oh, cool. you'll find it. And, uh, and you'll see a link to the Wall Street Journal piece, which also mentions uh, Danielle's uh, helmet business. Okay. sorry. Right, so you photograph in t- 2010 and what moved you in 2013 to add it to a helmet? Again, did, is it because you had learned that in Portland, it was an iconic thing or no?
2: I didn't know it was iconic. Um, I think I saw, Hmm, I was on Instagram and I follow some, uh, some bike groups in Portland and someone had made a airport, um, carpet bicycle jersey. Um, like a spandexy. They just had the design as a part of it. And so I immediately thought to put it on a helmet um, just because I had done other helmets that are kind of iconic symbols. Like I have a helmet that's like the solo cup pattern.
6: Right, right. (laughs) Well, did this one just take off with the the removal of the carpet or was it a pre-study seller from the beginning?
2: Yeah, it was kind of... um, No, I didn't sell many at the beginning because I wasn't advertising it. Um, But I think after I sold a few and people in Portland told their friends about it, um, it got uh, some coverage online. And then when they started um, writing about removing it, then I was um, added to the list of items.
6: We only have 30 seconds left. Do you paint these by hand?
2: Yeah, they're all painted by hand, and I I flick some white paint on it to give it the texture. And then um, all of the squares are actually cut out of vinyl and then melted onto it and then varnished.
6: Oh my goodness! If you'd like to, uh, they
2: take a long time to do. So, um, and what do you sell
6: them for, Danielle?
2: um, I'm selling these for ninety five.
6: If you would like labor. to see Danielle's helmets and what she does, her website is bellhelmets.com and it's important you know that Bell has an E on it. So it's like Southern Bell. Danielle, great uh, great find in 2010. Thank you for telling us about it.
2: Yeah, thank you for having
6: me. bellhelmets.com bell with an e. Check it out. We'll be right back. Connect with
0: America's number one travel radio show by calling 800-387-8025 or follow the program at rudymaxa.com. We'll be right back. (music) To join Rudy Max's world, call anytime, 800-387-8025. Follow the program on Facebook at Rudy Max's World. Now back to America's number one travel radio show.
3: Thanks for staying with us today. We hope you've enjoyed our special New Year's edition of Rudy Max's World with the Carries, as we've shared our top moments from 2015 with you again. Our next guest, author Mark Haskell-Smith, he's written a book called Naked at Lunch. And during the week, I saw an excerpt about his experiences aboard a Holland-America nude cruise. <laughs> yes, which clearly reinforced to me that there's something out there for everyone these days, and that's not always a good thing. So I asked Melissa to contact Mark and invite him on the show with us today, as I'm not sure why there's a need for 2,000 people to cruise nude uh, in order to enjoy the Caribbean, but you know, maybe that's me.
4: Mark, welcome to Rudy Max's World with Robert and Mary Carey. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. So, Mark, there seems to be a cruise out there for every theme and lifestyle these days. Today, we have Rudy aboard the Queen Mary 2, which provides an upscale, somewhat historic way to cruise. But we wanted to talk to you today about your experience with nude cruising. We could go on and probably talk about this for a much longer <laughs> segment, and there's many places we could go here in this conversation, but our time is short today. But we'd like to hear what prompted this, and why did you decide to go ahead and give that a try.
9: Well, I was writing a book about the, the nudist lifestyle and why people take their clothes off and go on these nude vacations. And here was an opportunity to get on a ship with 2,000 nudists tooling around the Caribbean. And just really, you know, there's no escape when you're on the boat. So just seeing you know, what they're doing, why they're doing it and, and all that was, was an opportunity I just couldn't pass
3: up. <laughs> well, all right. So as folks are listening today, and they, they might think we've lost our mind, let's talk about who you encountered on the nude cruise. I understand and, you know, you've met a Harvard professor, a you know, radiologist, tool salesman. You had doctors and lawyers, but they were not the typical people that you encountered, were they?
9: Well, you know, it's interesting. There is no real demographic that defines nudists. They are all shapes and sizes, all races, predominantly on this cruise. And at nudist resorts, you find retirees and older people. But there were some younger people on this ship, too. Um, It's really just people who like to take their clothes off and and have (laughs) a disposable income. to that
3: point, though, I'm going to say, I know you mentioned something and I saw the excerpt, that they were on the decks in the shops playing ping pong, guzzling cocktails. This is not pole, just new by the grazing pool. Grazing at the all eat buffets, which okay. I'm not sure I want to see. Clearly, it's a you're fully immersed.
9: Oh, yeah. I mean, the ship line was very clear that you were supposed to wear clothes when you're in the dining room, but Mm -hmm. still not everyone did. Pretty much during the day, if you went to the casino, if you went to the movie theater, if you went anywhere you went on the ship, you know, they would have stacks of towels because nudist etiquette is you always sit on a towel. And everywhere you went, there were naked people. you go to the Broadway show kind of things they did in the evenings, half the audience is naked. It was, uh, it was...
3: (laughs) You're everybody. not sure what, where to focus, right, but I'm curious how did the crew handle all of these nude people on this ship? And did you encounter any situation where things got out of hand because we know cruising and flowing alcohol go together?
9: The crew, I have to say, the Holland American crew was super professional. They were really just respectful and acted like nothing was wrong. But every now and then you could see someone like sort of roll their eyes and suppress a laugh. I particularly remember seeing an 80-year-old an, an woman in the omelet line for breakfast, you know, stark naked. And the woman, making the, the cook making the omelet was just like really having a hard time to keep from cracking up. And yeah, the, you know, people drank and stuff, but the, the nudists at least on this cruise it was like people doing cannonballs in the pool, singing Billy Joel songs a little too loudly in a
4: bar. Which you probably <laughs> see on a cruise where people are completely closed. Mark would you, given the chance to do this again, would you choose a traditional cruise?
9: Well it's funny you ask that because I was just invited to give a writing workshop on a nude cruise on a clipper ship going from Athens to Istanbul. <laughs> um, it- <laughs> That's
3: a whole other segment on the show right now. I will say that I think I could get in touch with Rudy, and we can save you a spot aboard the uh, Queen Mary too. We're going to have to leave it there. on are out time. Thank you. The book is Naked at Lunch by Mark Haskell-Smith. You can find it at Amazon, I'm sure through your local bookseller, or directly at Mark's website, markhaskellsmith.com. Thanks for joining us today. Thank
9: Thanks you. Thanks for having me. It was a blast.
3: Appreciate that. Thanks. You know, I can safely say, Mary, that we will not be doing a nude cruise uh, remote in 2016. Yeah, I don't see uh, that. Nor will Rudy. Uh, we're going to make sure of that.
4: How, well, How do you know that? Have you uh, asked I, him? I, I can tell you right now. That's, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I, you better I, ask him before you make that, that statement. That's not
3: happening. So. <laughs> all right. So uh, before we wrap things uh, for the first show of 2016, do you have any final thoughts?
4: Well, Happy New Year to everyone. I think that I'm excited about 2016. I'm hoping you know, this is a big time in January where we all start to think about what we're going to do travel wise people start to book trips people are looking at ski packages lots of things going on but uh, i think it's very important to keep traveling regardless
3: and we have a lot going on with the show actually we'll be talking about the next couple of weeks we have new social media coming we've Mm -hmm. got a brand new website coming um you can actually we can i guess we can tease it a little bit if you want to look on facebook just to rm world travel uh you can check that out and but there'll be more about that in the weeks ahead we will be sharing for sure Uh, So, I just want to take a moment, and as we kick off the new year, I did this last week, but I want to, again, thank everybody. Because there's a lot of people that goes into putting this show together week after week and making it possible. So, I want to offer a special thanks to Jeff Ryder, to Janet D'Aceveda McDonald, and Melissa Hunter, uh, certainly married to our team at SSI, all of our network affiliates out there. We're now closing in on 300 stations, and we should surpass that. All of our network sponsors, our tune-in, our streaming, our satellite partners, and most importantly, all of you out there who are here with Rudy, Miriam, and me week after week. We are so grateful that you helped make this and make show. And so a sincere thanks. Happy New Year to all of you and keep traveling. Wherever you may be headed this week, safe travels.